Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. When I was maybe four or five years old, I was so extroverted that my great-grandfather started calling me his little bumblebee. Because at family gatherings, I would flit and, uh, from person to person and chat and talk. And I was notorious at age four for striking up conversations with strangers. So last Saturday, after the Pride Parade, I was in this throng of thousands of people at City Hall Plaza. Maybe some of the rest of you were there as well. And I was channeling that inner bumblebee. I had volunteered for Freedom for All Massachusetts, a group dedicated to maintaining basic human rights for the transgender community, rights that, as you may know, will be up for a vote in November. And who knew that that would be a thing, that we'd be voting on human rights. But I was armed with a clipboard and a smile. My assignment was to find other volunteers and sign them up for shifts working on phone banks, doing data entry, going door to door. You know, my assignment was basically to flit from person to person and strike up conversations with, with strangers, right? So I'm all in. For some inexplicable reason that I still don't understand, I totally sucked at that assignment. After some training and role plays, I stepped into the crowd and I immediately felt my heart sink, my stomach heave, my palms go cold and sweaty. I, I rallied and I tried to snag people passing by, but no, they were going too fast. And then I tried talking to just the happy people, but, but no, they were too drunk. <laughs> so I was, I was Goldilocks with a clipboard and, and getting it just right wasn't happening. I was a little short on bravery to just jump in there, and so I found myself under a tree, practicing the script they'd given me over and over and over again. Happy Pride, did you know? No, no. Happy Pride, did you? God. I had somehow lost my lifelong ability to talk to strangers, and I, I don't know what to tell you. Eventually, a lovely young woman found me under a tree, and glancing at my clipboard, she said, hey, what do you got there? To which I said, uh. Happy Pride, did you know the protection of transgender rights is on the ballot this November? And she said, I did. I did know that, I'm interested, tell me more. And she signed up for a shift, yes. And then she squeezed my shoulder and said, hang in there, sweetie, you can do this. The day did get better. It turned out every single person I talked to was incredibly gracious and kind and interested. 
And it seemed that the only way to be successful was to fail over and over and over again. Indian freedom fighter Sri Aurobindo wrote, by your struggling, the world is perfected, suggesting that our visions for the world require us to fail and begin again. Playwright Melinda Lopez writes, no one teaches you how to do the hard things, how to stay married, how to raise a grateful child, how to lose the people you love. And in this community, I would add, how to cool a burning planet, how to dismantle systemic racism, how to live with some kind of integrity, and how to begin again when we don't live with integrity. Lately, I've been looking for stories about bravery, and I heard this one about Natalia Dimitruk. So um, let me give a little bit of context for this story. So in, uh, in 2004, Ukraine's presidential election reads like a dystopian novel. The candidates were the Russian-backed prime minister, loathed for corruption, and then there's the liberal challenger, the leader of the Power to the People Coalition, campaigning to end corruption, okay? The media was owned by the government, which supported the corrupt prime minister. So newscasts were primarily pro-prime minister. Now, Natalie Dimitruk was a sign language interpreter for this government-run news station, and she would interpret the news on the air every day. On the day of the presidential election, with the liberal challenger clearly ahead, the ruling party tampered with the results. And the government-run television station reported that the prime minister had won. The Power to the People Coalition called on Ukrainians to protest in front of the parliament. So Natalie took her children to the protest, which went on for days. In an interview with Washington Post's Nora Bustani, Natalia said, she felt herself transformed. I was impressed by the expression on my children's faces. I was so fired up by other people I observed passionately voicing their discontent. It was that special spirit and energy of people coming together, uneasily at first, but looking in the same direction. Dimitruk would then return back to work at the TV station and broadcast the government's version of the events. I was observing it from both sides, she said, and I had a very negative feeling. After every broadcast I had to render in sign language, I felt dirty. I wanted to wash my hands. So remember now that the Power to the People Coalition had basically no access to the media, right? But Dimitruk did. Bustani writes that four days after the election, Dimitruk arrived at work for the 11 a.m. broadcast and decided today would be different. I was sure I would tell the truth that day, she said. I just felt this was the moment to do it. Under her long silk sleeve, she had tied an orange ribbon to her wrist, the color of the opposition. She knew that when she raised her arm, the ribbon would show. The newscaster 
was reading the officially scripted text declaring the Russian-supported prime minister the winner, and Dimitruk was signing along. But then she says, I was not listening anymore. In her daring protest, she signed, I am addressing everyone who is deaf in the Ukraine. Do not trust the results of the Central Election Committee. They are all lies, and I am very ashamed to translate such lies to you. Maybe you will see me again. Bustani goes on to say, Dimitruk's live silent sig signal helped spread the news and more people began spilling into the streets to contest the vote. Her act of courage emboldened protests that grew until a new election was held and the opposition candidate was declared the winner. Pulitzer Prize winning novelist Alice Walker tells us, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. Dimitruk started out thinking she had no power, and what she was asked to do left her with dirty hands. Transformed by the vision of who we can be, in her words, by people coming together uneasily at first and looking in the same direction, she began again. And by her stumbling, the world was perfected. There's an old story about a young uh, martial arts student observing his teacher who was sparring with an accomplished fighter. And afterwards, the young student said to his teacher, you never lose your balance. What is the secret? You're wrong, replied the teacher. I am constantly losing my balance. My skill lies in my ability to regain it. By our stumbling, the world is perfected, and we are constantly losing our balance. The skill lies in the ability to regain it. My friend Steve is a master of regaining his balance, and he says his whole life is about beginning again. Steve is just a gift of a guy. He's smart, he's funny, he's kind, and after over 10 years of struggle, was recently diagnosed as having bipolar II disorder. So apparently, Bipolar two carries the same kind of manic and depressive periods as bipolar one, but it looks different. As Steve said, no one goes running to their doctor after a manic period and says, um, doc, you gotta help me, I just had a really productive week. <laughs> but then I check out for two weeks, he says, and I need to pick up the pieces. So after 10 years of stumbling, Steve has figured out the practices that keep him well. Sleeping enough, eating well, physical exercise, a heavy blanket to settle his nervous system, meds, people, and now he struggles with being willing to do all of these very necessary things to stay well. And he says that for him, beginning again after a down period starts with a very simple question. I ask myself, he says, if I'm willing, and willing to what? In the end, he says, our willingness is what we have control over. I ask, am I even willing to begin again? And if not, then what are the abilities I'm willing to demonstrate to get the result that I want? It may be that I'm willing to come back to this question another time, or that I'm willing to be willing. 
By our stumbling, the world is perfected and we are constantly losing our balance. The skill lies in the ability and willingness to regain it. When you came in today, I believe the ushers handed you a penny. If you did not get a penny, please raise your hand and the ushers will bring one to you. Or you can get one from the basket on the way out. Does anybody need a penny? Great. Okay, so mine uh, is from two, th oh, we have somebody over here who needs a penny. And Irina needs a penny. And Harriet up front. Anybody else? Okay. And the lovely person behind Harriet. Good. So my penny is from 2004. Does anybody have a penny that's older than that? Yeah? 98? 95? 97? 89? All right. These are some old pennies. Excellent. Thank you. These are some old pennies. They have been around for a while. And you can tell, right, from the scuff marks and the wear and tear, the scratches. Okay, so take a moment and just examine your penny for signs of wear and tear. Take a little inventory of all your penny has been through. Now, I offer this to you to keep. And my hope is that it will be a reminder that we, like these pennies, are made to be of use. And that some wear and tear, some stumbles and falls, doesn't make it or us any less valuable or any less effective. And while we may think that we, like this penny, don't have much power, may it also serve as a reminder that the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. I would like to tell you that the end to the story of my signing up volunteers after, after the Pride Parade is that I filled the sign-up sheet and victory in November is imminent. I didn't, and it's not. And not for lack of interest or determination in the crowd, every person I talked to signed a commitment card promising to vote to protect trans rights in November. Many asked for more information. The obstacle was really my willingness to stumble and regain my balance. The more I was willing to stumble and have those conversations and begin again, the more I was willing to fail, the more we could succeed. I have a bulletin board in my kitchen that's covered with birthday cards and pictures I love and favorite quotations. At the top of the board, in big, bold letters, it says, I want to see you be brave. And for me, that starts with being willing to be transformed by the vision of who we can be, embracing the failure that is required to get us there. It means stumbling and beginning over and over and over again. Blessed be. And amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at or through our Facebook page. 
If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.